Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, guys, welcome in here. Another edition of the Early Line on the Grid, SportsGrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri alongside Dane Martinez as I got something flying in my eye here. Uh, and we welcome don't you. Touch your face, I don't know. Bro. Yeah, I know. You know what it is. I'm going to try to pat myself down here without yeah, using that. Uh, My goodness. I uh, want to welcome you in here. Uh, eye problems aside, it's um, you know as we continue along here, Dane, uh, during the week and more and more negativity continues to surround us. Uh, certainly in the world of sports and in uh, in absolutely everyday life. Just when we think we're taking one step forward, we seem to uh, take two steps back, and uh, I refuse to let uh, any of the, uh, the crap the media has thrown out at us uh, affect my way of thinking, although it is hard when, uh, you, you know, last night uh, we learned that the uh, British Open has uh, gone ahead and canceled its, uh, its tournament coming up uh, in July, that was when the British Open was going to be ready to go, and Instead of postponed, which we've heard from Augusta and a few other tournaments, uh, this one was canceled. And the reason it was canceled is because in order for the organizers of the event to collect that insurance money, um, it has to be canceled. It can't be postponed. So it's the first time ever since World War II uh, that, in fact, that event has been uh, canceled. So Olympics. Uh, here we go now with the uh, the British Open, one of the uh, one of the big majors in the golf tournament, and so we're we're starting to move to that. Now here we go. It's uh, Wimbledon also this week. We've learned that uh, Wimbledon, another situation where they're hard, kind of hard to have a, uh, a tennis tournament uh, when they're dropping bombs all over the place, like in World War II. So I understand that was also the last time that uh, an event there has not been held. So. When you, uh, when you look at it all, Dane, we continue to get this information uh, coming down in these tournaments that uh, just, just don't look like they are going to happen. And that leads us, of course, to the NBA. What does the NBA do? What does Major League Baseball do? What does uh, NASCAR, what does the PGA do as uh, we continue? And I'm holding out hope for every damn one of them. I understand the financial impact, of course of a lot of these tournaments being canceled as opposed to postponed, and that's why you pay the insurance of it. But when we think about it, when you can shut down March Madness, right, a billion-dollar money cash cow that helps fund all universities uh, and their athletic departments, uh, then you get used to, you know, it's going to be a situation where uh, there's going to be a lot lot of these types of uh, events here, I think, moving forward. Uh, but I'm holding out hope that, listen, I get it with the money and the insurance. I'm hoping that this will get better. And I'm confident, in fact, that this will eventually begin to get better over the next couple of months. That instead of the word canceled, we'll just be talking about things like pushback, postponed. Uh, I have no doubt there will be baseball. No doubt we are playing Major League Baseball this year. And I also, I am still. Uh, extremely confident and believe the NBA is going to have a playoff. May not have that 18 to 19 uh, final games there, but they will have basketball again. Um, they will have, I believe, NHL hockey again. There won't be fans, but we're already past that point, Dane. Uh, and we are just 30 days into this, guys, oh. right? And not re- even less than that for a lot of people, because don't forget, we would have had Selection Sunday you know, the week of Selection Sunday, which was what, the 15th, March of that week there? Yep. That was kind of when everything culminated with Rudy Gobert and the NBA dropping down. So Conference tournaments, stopping mid-tournaments, that was that week previously. That was the week the world stood still. Just a month, guys. It's only a month. So we all knew, and it's so funny because we, we listened and hear, we all knew there was going to be a peak to this thing. And, you know, uh, flattening the curve, so to speak, Dane, only happens when things are going to, they're going to ramp up here, and that's kind of where we're at. So the question is, certainly in your neck of the woods in New York, when uh, will that curve get flattened? And I do believe we're, we're, we're getting there. Um, I, you know, the doom and gloom that uh, you open up the media, all the things, social media, like, oh, I get it. 
Uh, but I do hold out hope, and I believe that uh, you know, somewhere in this world, there we, we will have a, a vaccine before it said to note. Uh, I can't remember the last time an entire, everybody in the world yeah, being right. affected by this, uh, all working together. Think about that, the collective brilliance uh, in the medical and science field around the world working together. Uh, somebody is going to figure out uh, a vaccine for this. I will hold out hope. Uh, you know, hopefully it's the United States and uh, it'll be sooner rather than later. But uh, I refuse to believe this is the end of everything, Dane. As we know, it is uh, many people are trying to fit that narrative, especially in the sports world. Uh, I think you got to remember in perspective, we are just one month into this. At best, Dane, realistically, we were looking at three, four months anyway. Right. We're in the first quarter of right. this, guys. Yep, exactly. In context or the first period of a yep. hockey game, shall we say, if we're a third of the way through. Yep. But yeah, Joe, and you know, I think as the funny, not funny part, but what's interesting to me is that we've talked about this before. Every kind of region, every city mm -hmm. is on its own schedule or its own curve. Yep. I'm here in New York, right, where it's got a lot of attention. The spike is absolutely ridiculous. The numbers coming out of New York are absolutely ridiculous. But part of this is, Joe, that we are first. Yes. You know, and, and or maybe besides say the state of Washington, right? But when you where you are now, down in South Florida, you're what you are seeing, some of the things you're telling me is like what I've been doing for about a week, a week and a half. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the same thing that some of these other cities are going to now start to see. Um, we're in it for the long haul. When mm -hmm. you talk about cancellations now happening in the month of July, mm -hmm. when you see states coming out, I believe the state of Virginia put their state a stay-at-home order until already the right. middle of June. Yep. You know, so I think the the it's starting to get clearer and clearer, the scope and the timeline of what we're going to have to do as a society. But mm -hmm. I think you're right. The other thing that could come into focus here is getting urgency around creativity to yep. bring back entertainment in some way. I yep. keep on reading a lot of ideas around quarantining the NBA players mm -hmm. in a location and, and trying to do sports, trying to do events. We talked about kind of, you know, showdowns on the golf course We've still seen the way something like WrestleMania can be produced. Yep. We're thinking, you know, I heard again, Joe, that um, the big three Ice Cubes League yes. is trying to potentially get out there a little bit before others. One, it's good PR for them, but maybe they are conducive to be able to have their entire league, you know, in a Vegas hotel and be able to do it. So I think as we start to gain perspective on how long this quote-unquote new normal will last and where we are in the curve, which right. is still early on, we're also thinking about ways to um, bring sports back or bring something back to entertain the people. Yep, and, uh, and listen, we still have. I mean, it's not, uh, the cupboards aren't completely bare, guys. There are, again, uh, handball leagues in Belarus right now that you can grab odds on. Uh, we certainly got, right. uh, I believe, some cricket matches going on. Uh, there are some soccer matches going on around the world, and uh, I, I'm really certain they shut down the darts tournament I wanted to bet on, but that's fine. We still we have things, and, and more importantly, Dan, even esports um, really starting right. to. Now, we knew, uh, listen, a, a lot of guys that are traditionalists uh, and a lot of women traditionalists who just enjoy betting the big sports, um, we all know esports is there. We know how much it has been growing. Um, but, you know, when the NBA and NBA players are getting together and holding NBA 2K tournaments, when uh, football players are holding Madden tournaments and That's people right. are actually tuning in. And it's uh, prime time on right. main cable network. Yeah. It, uh, it's actually interesting, dude, Turner. Maybe we can, uh, we can put up a, uh, a graphic here of, um, uh, of what's going on with, uh, with some of these, uh, shall we say, people who now that everything has been off the table with them. What, if anything, Dane, have you decided to turn to that you never thought you would turn to? So maybe we can get a question up on the screen right. and we can go ahead and say, listen, we want to know, have you gotten into horse racing that you were never into horse racing? What is, are you dabbling in the eSports right now? Have you gone the handball, uh, the Belarus handball way? Like what, <laughs> what is it that you have done and you're like, wow, I have, um, I really didn't see myself uh, doing that. And we talked about esports for a while now, but right. uh, the more and more I'm starting to see and read and follow, you know, the more I'm getting into it. So, uh, again, it, this is how you grow, right? I mean, in, in times of when you're kind of forced to pivot a little bit, 
Yeah. That's kind of what we're doing here now, and, and I love it. I, I love being able to, you know, start diving into some things that we normally don't ever get a chance to do. Now's the time that we've been telling folks about horse racing for a while now. So uh, right. hit us up on our uh, Twitter pages here and tell us exactly what is it. What, what have you decided to get into here a little bit, Dane, that, uh, that you never really thought that you would get into at this point? You know, I think that's a great question, right? Because everyone is thinking about that. Hit us up at Jill Ranieri, at Spit and Speeds, at Sports Grid. Let us know as we're asking, like, where are you turning mm-hmm. um, when we don't have the sport? For me, I've always liked the ponies, Joe. We've had conversations. You know I like going to the track, mm-hmm. but I think I'm going deeper into that. Like, I will literally have up. Um, there's a show called America's Day at the Races, yep. right? Uh, I believe it's on Fox Sports, where they got like six, seven-hour telecasts, okay? It's almost like Red Zone on mm-hmm. a daily basis for horse racing. And, you know, I would watch the big races, the preps, the triple crowns, that sort of thing. But I'm watching Oakland, Oakland on a random mm-hmm. Wednesday now. Right, you know? exactly. So for me, you know, I think getting deeper into horse racing uh- has been something. And then, you know... It's tough. I'm 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 rewatching old stuff, Joe. Yep. Uh, you know because a lot of times sports is great background material, right? If I'm still talking to my wife or something like that. But now that that can still be on the background. But horse mm-hmm. racing is the thing for me that I guess I'm paying a little bit more attention to now yep. than I was in the sports investing community. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's a it's a good time uh, to be able to kind of uh, evolve a little bit here yeah. with your handicap skills and everything else. And a new sport, it's like, oh, all right, so let's let's check out what uh, it is. You'll never know whether or not it's something you actually enjoy doing until you do it. So I'm all for uh, evolving and trying new things. So uh, hit us up uh, there on our uh, on our Twitter pages, guys. Let us know exactly uh, what it is that you are uh, you are diving into here that you probably never thought uh, you would be able to dive into. And again, keep in mind there is a little slice of normalcy. Uh, coming our way with the NFL, who continues to push forward. And I love the NFL um, for them just keeping their foot on the gas and being like, listen, there is uh, almost to the point where they they feel obligated now to be able to provide that kind of distraction uh, for the folks here across the country, the sports fans, everybody really, for that matter, uh, yeah. in order to be able to feel a little bit normal and have something go off in time. And you know, the NFL, with the rule changes now as far as a couple of extra teams, uh, you know, in it we talked about this week where, all right, now you got seven you know, teams now, right? I mean, now we've got two extra teams now coming in across, so we've got uh, extra playoff games. We actually have, when you think about it, Dan, I was, I was pulling it up last night, you've got the first weekend of wild card. That means we've got three games back to back to back on Saturday and three games back to back to back on Sunday. And I'm like, well then now that's, uh, that's going to be interesting. So, uh, and I've, I've seen a lot of comments to a lot of people not thrilled with the idea of a couple of, um, a couple extra games from the standpoint of they feel that maybe, and the NBA has done this, and I don't know. I don't know that it's a fair comparison. See what you think, but a lot of people feel that by adding these extra games with what it amounts to an eight and eight Pittsburgh Steelers team last right. year, for instance, uh, you're watering down the regular season. Um, and I get what they're saying, and, and a lot of people feel the NBA does that—that that it's just yeah. it's ridiculous. I mean, you got 32 teams. What 16 get in? Uh, you know what I mean? 30 teams, you get 16 to get in. It's ridiculous. Uh, so I get what they're saying from that standpoint, but I do think that the reality of the situation is, while yes, it's going to be mediocre for some teams, the excitement it's going to provide is, I think teams can get hot at any particular point, and why not? And why not? If the other team is better, they're going to win anyway. We've seen wild card teams make runs before. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers did it. The Baltimore Ravens and their defense did it. Eli Manning, betting on himself, Mm -hmm. have done it. And that's why when when we talked about this previously, Joe, I talked about it in terms of, like, what percentage of the league qualifies for the playoffs, okay? In Major League Baseball, even with two wild card teams, Joe, it's 10 out of the 30. That's correct. That's easy math, right? A third. 33% of the league makes it. In the NBA and the NHL, it's 16 teams make it out of 30. 
that's greater than 50%, Joe. Yep. All right. Over 50% of the NBA and the NHL teams qualify. And I just redid the math, okay? Going 14 out of 32, Joe, that is 43%, 42, 43% of the teams, okay? Yep. So what we're talking about, yes, it's more so. If you're thinking about using the word watered down, right? right that's the kind of uh, judgment or continuum we're talking yep. about. Uh, the NFL is and was more watered down than Major League Baseball, right. yep. but less watered down than the NBA and the NHL, and they're still in between them right now. And I would, I would also caution people, because listen, and this is usually coming from purists, but people don't like change in general, right? I mean, this, is, this period of time is very difficult Absolutely. for a lot, of, uh, a lot of folks, and I get it because everyone loves their routines. They love what they know. They, you know, it's, they're not, most people aren't that adventurous. So it's, this is a hard adjustment period for some folks. And when it comes to their sports, especially, they like what they like, what they've always done. And, and baseball, listen, the purists went ballistic when they, when they added that play-in game, right? That wild card uh, play-in game. And then eventually what happened is they realized, a couple of you like, the urgency here, the, the reality of just the one game, it's, you know, because baseball is all about anybody can win one game, so it's about a series. But by adding that one wrinkle, that one game, right, that one extra game to play in, uh, and now it's the greatest thing in the world. Even purists will tell you they love uh, that they ended up doing it. But the thing to remember is that when that first came out, Dane, oh, yeah. um, there were people screaming and yelling, mostly baseball purists, and, you know, the folks that are yelling that this is a money grab and that's all this is and nobody, you got to earn the right to make the playoffs. I hear you, but ultimately, Dane, to me, it's about entertainment. It's about the fans. And I do think, especially in the NFL, um, nothing should be taken for granted. And why not a seven seed beating a two or a six beating a three? Why not? And I, I got uh, made the best team, made the best team win there. Yeah, I think it's great. And when you could talk about wild card weekend having, you know, potentially games on noon, four and seven, both Saturday and Sunday, mm -hmm. or messing with a little Friday night lights in a right. playoff atmosphere. You know, this is also, as you know, Joe, the weekend right after bowl season, right? Yep. Right before, and they crown that national champion usually on that Monday because there's no more Monday night football. Yep. So that would be a huge football weekend. Can you imagine six playoff games, not only from the revenue standpoint, yep. but from the fan engagement standpoint, similar to adding the wild card. People kind of bristle at it at first. I think if we fast forward five, ten years from now, everyone's going to love it and just wonder why they didn't do it earlier. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I get it, but just give it time, guys. You know, try it. And the whole theme of this segment has been try it. You might like it. Uh, you just don't know. So we'll have more on the NFL. We got some headlines that, uh, that have come up here over the last uh, week in the world of sports. Certainly uh, some players uh, that you haven't heard in a while are, uh, are making news in the NFL. And uh, Jadavian Clowney, where will he be? Uh, we'll talk about all of that coming up next year on the early line. It is sports. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, guys. Welcome back in here to the early line on the grid, SportsGrid.com. Joe Ranieri alongside Dane Martinez here as we uh, continue to push along, take a look at some of these uh, storylines that have emerged over the, uh, over the week here. Certainly the NFL takes, uh, takes center stage. But like we told you, of course, uh, news of the, the British Open uh, being canceled, not postponed. Yeah. Uh, so there will be no, uh, or at least one less uh, British Open uh, there that we'll talk about. One, uh, one major in uh, the PGA Tour whenever they get back. And they will be back. Uh, Wimbledon also. Uh, post uh, canceled, unfortunately, for uh, they're not going to be able to hit the court. And it brings up an interesting thing here for a couple of reasons there with both of those two tournaments, by the way, that have been around forever and, you know, over 100 years here, guys, and never, the only time that they've ever not taken place was because of World War II, understandably, uh, but shows you just how you want to talk about folks getting used to something like clockwork. Uh, that's kind of what's going on. And, and it's also an interesting perspective. We'll talk about this coming up, guys. Guys like 
Tiger Woods, um, guys like, you know, Phil Mickelson, guys like Roger Federer, Serena yeah. Wood, guys that, you know, father time, uh, that postponement of that major. And we're talking about guys that, listen, at this point, they could win the ABC Open, and, eh, but it's all about majors in both those sports, right? It really, really is. And when you have some of the game's greats like you do in both of those sports, um, time is ticking. So um, it's an interesting perspective. We'll talk about that coming up. But the NFL, we know, still coming. Going to be here at the end of the month. And Dane, um, this week, I could not believe I heard the name. I had to look twice. I couldn't believe it. Uh, and, and I'm happy because I always thought this was going to go down as one of the most one of the biggest wastes of talent we may have ever seen, at least in my lifetime, and there have been a lot, uh, but this is uh, truly was a sad situation with Alden Smith. You guys may remember their 49ers, Raiders. Uh, one of, and I'm telling you guys right now, if he could have stayed clean and he could have, you know, kept himself out of trouble, he probably wouldn't be the player he was. But uh, this kid is still young, Dane, and... He's kind of, he's been suspended by the league. There's been all sorts of issues going with him. Uh, tough childhood. I mean, this is, I, I feel, I felt terrible for the guy, um, of course, and everything that he got involved with. But the Cowboys, somehow or another, are willing to, and they've done this in the past with Gregory and stuff. So, um, you know, they are willing to look at this and go, you know what, we'll sign him. He's still not eligible with the NFL, but they have signed him with absolutely no guarantees. So he's got $2 million they can pay him if he makes the team, and $2 million in incentives, and that's it. So at most, they'll cost him $4 million. But guys, you are talking, if he is close to anything talent-wise, like what he was, um, that is a a scary proposition for uh, for offenses, having that guy on that Dallas front. Uh, coming on the edge, the guy was a beast. I thought he would have been, I thought he'd have broken a lot of records, including sack records. Guy was absolutely unbelievable. He just unfortunately couldn't get it together. Hopefully, and I love redemption stories, I'm hoping that uh, with this uh, door of opportunity, he walks through it and takes advantage of it. Yeah, I mean, it's possible, right? I hope the guy is on the mm-hmm. straight and narrow right now. Yep. He had a lot of DUIs, a lot of suspensions his time. With San Francisco, I think he caught on for a brief stint with the Raiders as yep. well. But, you know, out there in California, Dallas signs him. Listen, new head coach McCarthy looks yep. to be prioritizing the defensive front. Yep. Okay, we talked about this already. Signing, I believe, McCoy, signing mm-hmm. other, you know, big guys on the defensive front. They did let Robert Quinn walk yes. away and go to the Chicago Bears. And it looks like this may be a low-risk proposition to kick the tires on Alden Smith and see if he can, you know, catch on. He was a very talented pass rusher. But, Joe, here's the thing. Like, you said he's still young. I, he's 30. Yes. Okay, he's 30, and he hasn't played since 2015, Joe. Mm-hmm. It's been five yep. years. I know. So, like, hey, you know, first things first. I hope the guy's on the straight and narrow. I hope a- he's got exactly. the Exactly. Go, yep. And, oh, God bless him. Okay? Yep. But from a pure X's and O's talent standpoint, Joe, it's tough to know what this guy has left in the tank at 30, not having played for five years. We talk now about like, you know, I hate to bring up the name, but like Kaepernick, right? Yeah. He's been at this point out of the game for years. Right. And so the real question is, even if he gets all that stuff settled, what's he like on the field? Right. And I think it's valid to have the same kind of questions around Alden Smith, but as a one-year, $2 million kind of flyer, I guess it's worth a shot if he is cleared and you know has everything together you guys don't remember number one the number seven overall pick by the 49ers back in 2011 and guys his productivity in the first three years of his career um 42 sacks in the first three years with the 49ers um he was an absolute monster and then the wheels kind of started to fall off 2012 uh, by far his best season. He was a uh, all-pro, totaled 19 and a half sacks, 66 yeah. total tackles. Um, you know, first team all-pro there. He was, and then of course it's the DUIs and um, the off-field issues just derailed him. Yeah. Uh, he did come back with the Raiders, which of course was uh, people were looking at that, going, "My word!" He was released in 2014, and then of course uh, the Raiders brought him on, but then. 
another DUI, third suspension. Now, the, all of this, of course, is contingent upon him being reinstated uh, by the yeah. NFL. And I, and I do think that is going. But apparently, uh, Jay Glazer is reporting that uh, he's been clean and sober now for the last three years, which has been the reason why they're even uh, considering it. And other side note with that, which, which, you know, when you connect the pieces and you go, why? Well, the Dallas Cowboys' uh, new uh, defensive line coach is uh, Jim Tom Sula. Uh, ah, guess guess who had him as a rookie when he, those first three productive years, his position coach, Jim Tom Sula. So I wish the guy, uh, listen, nothing but the best. I really do. I think uh, it's a great opportunity. And the Cowboys, very honestly, if he is Dane, even if he's close, you know what I mean? If he's, if he's close to that same type of talent, um, he's, he can wreck a game. I mean, he just, he can. We'll see what he's got, but clean and sober for three years, obviously somebody from the Cowboys, right, yep. has been keeping tabs, must think he's still got a little left in the tank. Um, you know, th- he's 30. What's, what's J.J. Watt? I mean, what's, you know, so, it, you know, it's like if he can come in and – for, for $2 million, Dane, if he can come in and be productive and, and cause a double team or two and then open it up for Lawrence on the other side, right. oh, my word. Uh, so good to hear a guy getting another uh, opportunity here. But uh, the fact is he can, he's got to help himself, but he, he's already taken that first step, staying clean and sober over the last three years is a pretty good start for him. Uh, and leave it to Jerry, uh, Greg Hardy. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, we've, yeah, we've had a lot. Dallas forgives, uh, Jerry forgives a lot, uh, in his thing. If you can, if you can play. And I don't think Jerry extends that olive branch unless he knows he got a little something left in that tank. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, like we'll see if he has anything left in the tank, but I think the headline here is that, you know, for teams to even consider this, that means that he's done something good to kind of build his life back together. So kudos to him. The other thing that I think is really important here, Joe, is you mentioned Jim Tom Sula. Right. And we're seeing in this kind of uh, free agency period in the NFL, yep. teams are signing with play, it, with uh, time, signing players where there's some level of experience and familiarity with the coaching staff, right? That seems to be kind of a, a trump card here in negotiations. Yep. I know that Foles got traded to Chicago. We talk about familiarity with that scheme and the cut coordinator, John Filippo. We talk about, you know, Teddy Bridgewater going to Carolina. Yep. Oh, yeah, Joe Brady, you know, was his coordinator in New Orleans. We talk about Robbie Anderson going to Carolina. Oh, yeah, Matt Rule is his head coach, was his head coach. Yeah, yep. Temple, same when they signed the XFL guy, P.J. Walker. Yep. You know, same with Phillip Rivers with familiarity with Frank Reich. Yep. And, you know, so I do think that is a consistent theme even more so this year where free agents can't travel, doctors can't get to you, you know, that sort of thing. And it brings me to what I think, Joe, is another name that you heard of yesterday that you haven't heard from a long time, and that's Antonio Brown. Mm. Antonio Brown, Joe, you know, on Instagram, catching passes from Lamar with, you know, Hollywood Brown out there. And the question for me, similar, Joe, to uh, Alden Smith, um, Antonio Brown still doesn't have his status mm-hmm. by the NFL fully um, kind of adjudicated, formally decided yet, but he's out there. Mm-hmm. There you have up the picture. My question that I wanted to put back to you, though, is this. It, at least with Alden Smith, he found the former head coach in Tom Sula, right, that he did well against uh, or, or well under and that is willing to take the chance. My thing is that Antonio Brown went scorched earth left and right, whether it was with Pittsburgh, whether it was in New Orleans, whether it was talking smack about the league. So I wonder, Joe, how many people are left out there, you know, that would take the chance on him, that do want to provide that olive branch for him. You saw Bruce Arians, who was one of the coaches in Pittsburgh with him, being like, nah, he's not a fit here, you know. And I think the problem for AB, unfortunately, he's 32 years old coming Mm -hmm. up in July also. We've seen wide receivers at this age, A.J. Green as well, not having the same kind of um, production or consistency. My question really is, though, who is left to offer Antonio Brown an opportunity given the way he burned bridges on his way out? It's uh, And I'm just looking at this picture, and it's so funny, Dan, because 
uh, and I'm down here inside, and I, I know exactly where these guys, Lamar is from okay. uh, Palm Beach County and, and, uh, and Boynton Beach, and okay. um, AB lives down in, uh, in Hollywood, Hollandale there, his brother's there as well. Uh, I have never heard once down here that there is a connection other than them all living from down here and being AB's from Miami. Never have I ever heard anything along those lines. So I find it interesting that they managed to, and by the way, not for now, can we look at this here one more time? Let's get this picture up here. All right. Where's the social distancing, damn it? Like, what are you guys doing? Like, seriously, leave it to, uh, leave it to AB to be the rebel here. Social distancing, uh, guys. But I think it, Hollywood was the one who posted that picture yesterday. Uh, Steeler fans going absolutely uh, ballistic. I would say this. Um, Harbaugh is not a guy um, that tolerates guys like A.B. Uh, just doesn't. Um, so I, I don't say we've heard the story about guys. Harbaugh just like, yeah, yeah you got to, yeah, like, absolutely. You're going to cut ties. Especially, although, I mean, listen, a part of Harbaugh and a part of, uh, I think, uh, the Baltimore uh, organization would love to have A.B. there going up against Pittsburgh. Uh, and I and Steeler fans know that. But to your point, he's 32 years old. Window is closing. AB will always have, I think, people kicking, uh, kicking the tires on him as long as they think he can be a difference maker. But it's got to be, it's got to be a situation where it's got to be a very veteran-laden team, strong head coach. You know what I mean? Somebody, and also I think this is the other thing. AB's got to respect them, right? You know what I mean? Like, he himself sure. has got to feel, he's got to be, uh, you know, I, I think they had a little bit of that. If it wasn't for the, you know, the story of his, his former assistant, everything else coming out with the Patriots, I think he'd have been, he would have been with the Patriots. I, I don't think he would have tried to cross Tom Brady or Bill Belichick in that locker room. Uh, but it was, Belichick is a guy, ain't tolerating it. So that, as soon as that story came out, but Belichick would have given him. I don't know a lot of other guys that would be willing, especially young head coaches, going to give right. him an opportunity to blow up a locker room. It's got to be, there's got to be some, uh, a strong-ass personality. Uh, and when Arians doesn't want to deal with him, I don't yeah. know what's left. I really don't. Maybe Houston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, love Bill O'Brien, why not? You're desperate enough. You just got rid of DeAndre Hopkins. You don't think they'd bring in A.B.? No, I don't. I think A.B. AB does not have another opportunity necessarily in the cards. Um, you know, we talked about, I, I agree, if it were to happen, it would be in a place that has an established leader yes. and a good structure. Remember, the, the, the Saints, for example, were kicking the tires on yes. them late last year. That's and, you know, correct. Peyton, Drew yep. Brees, yep. commands the same kind of respect that you're talking about, about That's Baltimore correct. and New England. But for me, Joe, this is a non-story, mm -hmm. okay? This is Hollywood Brown, who's down there, and is his cousin, okay, just working out together. And then the media kind of takes it, and social media makes it go crazy. I do not think Antonio Brown no. plays another snap in the NFL. And I'll go so far as to say, if you are a wide receiver needy team, okay, I would not call Antonio Brown, Joe. You mm. know what I'm calling? I'm calling Josh Gordon a hell of a lot sooner yes. than yeah. calling Antonio Brown. His yep. problems were different, okay? And if you remember, Joe, in the new collective bargaining agreement, one of the things they said is that they are no longer punishing for marijuana kind of uh, offenses or testing right. positive for that. That really was Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon had a legitimate addiction yep. or substance abuse problem. AB's problems are different for yep. me, and I understand the production, but I can get that kind of production, that kind of status, that kind of athleticism from Josh Gordon if right. I want, if I was that needy. I mm -hmm. don't think AB plays another down in the NFL, Josh. Yeah, I, it's going to have to be, and, and again, this will, it'll be either desperation mode by a team and uh, which is why I think Bill O'Brien's kind of at that point right now where it would not surprise me if, um, listen, he's not going to have a problem with Deshaun Watson. He's going to, you know, he, he'd have no problem playing for Deshaun Watson. You got J.J. Watt. You've got some veterans in that, uh, in that locker room there uh, with A.B. Um, and they need it. getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins, and they could probably get him for a heck of a lot cheaper than, than anybody well, else. Thought D Hop was like a an issue, right? Yes. A relationship issue. That's what we know. Yeah, drama and baby, like that kind of stuff. Desperate, like though. AB yeah. 
is just that to the nth degree. I personally don't think D-Hop was a diva, yep. yet Bill O'Brien still well, found they, they were like this. But again, desperation makes yep. men do very strange and, and crazy things. So it'll be interesting. They're only a seven and a half uh, win total there, the Houston yeah. Texans. Um, and that they haven't been that for a while. So it'll be interesting. Either that or, you know, oh, Gruden, oh, you burned that bridge. Belichick, and yeah, that ain't going to happen now. Arians has already said no. You can't go to Pittsburgh. You ain't going to Cincinnati. I mean, you go down the list, it's like uh, no new head coach is going to risk bringing you in. Uh, Andy Reid, uh, yeah, doesn't need you. Uh, you know, maybe Green Bay, maybe. Green Bay in that situation with Aaron Rodgers, because I think it's got to be a top. We'll talk more about this coming up here. Coming up against the break here. It's the early line on the grid, SportsGrid.com. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, guys, welcome back in here to The Grid. It is sportsgrid.com. Joe Ranieri alongside Dane Martinez as we continue to push along here. And thank goodness for the NFL. Uh, They continue to deliver for us, Dane, in just about each and every way. Uh, As headlines continue to to come out, give us just a little bit of a reprieve from a lot of the um, negativity that uh, is around us each and every day and uncertainty and even for a little while. Uh, we, you know, we're able to kind of go to our, our safe place, so to speak, and be able to spend a couple of minutes thinking about it and looking forward to, of course, uh, and the NFL, they plan on having their season ready to rock and roll. It's going to look a little different, and we're looking forward to that. But when we last spoke, we were just talking about uh, A.B., and we talked about Alden Smith coming back into the, uh, to the league now. If he can get reinstated, Cowboys might have just gotten the steal of any draft, anything. Uh, if that uh, clean and sober for three years, if he can come back and produce, that's a huge win uh, for Jerry and company there. Uh, and then, of course, we started talking a little bit about, uh, you know, this picture that came up this week. Uh, and we were laughing, Dane, that, uh, you know, A.B., listen, Harbaugh's not a guy to deal with troublemakers, so to speak. Um, if A.B. made a 180 and was completely contrite and, and was totally, listen, I'm sorry, I'm a new guy, and Lamar vouching for him, um, I don't see Harbaugh tolerating A.B. And then we were talking about, all right, well, his brother's on that team too, so maybe right. I get why people are looking at it. I doubt it's going to happen. You doubt it's going to happen. I do doubt it's going to happen. But when we're going across the board, there's not odds. We looked at this, guys. There's not odds out there for A.B. Uh, there's odds for a few other guys that we'll get to. But to me, the, the situation's got to be, it's got to start from the head coach, right, coaching staff. There's got to be um, personality there that is big enough, strong enough to be able to control him if things get out of control. And say what you want about Tomlin. The guy was an absolute saint. The, the stuff he had to deal with behind the scenes, well, as we kind of learn, um, you need that kind of personality, though, right? You, you need yeah. that. Uh, Belichick would have been great, but that didn't work out. So you're either going to get a, a desperate-ass team, right, who will do anything at this particular point because the draft didn't work out or whatever, uh, or you've got to get a, a team. And I don't know who it is, and we'll, we'll see who you think. I, Texas, to me, fits in the desperate category where Bill O'Brien will do anything if he feels that, uh, yeah, I'm kind of backed into a corner here, although he's got no general manager to answer to. But I could see maybe the Texans being a fit there. Other than that, I I mean, where would you look, Dane, if A.B., let's say it comes to August and there is some sort of training camp coming up August, September, I think he has to be in a camp. I don't think it's going to be week four A.B. dropped in. I think if he's going to land with a team, it's got to happen right off the bat. He's got to be able to earn the respect of that team uh, in training camp. And I don't – who would that be? I mean, if you had to pick somebody, who would you – give me a list of some teams here. Sure. I mean, first of all, I will restate, Joe, I do not think he gets another opportunity, okay? Fair enough. Yep, fair enough. Uh, I am now like, if we're crossing a threshold that I don't think we're going to cross, 
Then, I ain't holding it. I ain't holding it for you. I'm not. Right, I'm just saying. Enough. And it's the same kind of teams we've talked about then in the past that could use a wide receiver. We've said the same names, right? One of them were the New Orleans Saints. This was a team that even kicked the tires on them last year. But I think that chair has been filled. Strong head coach, you know? strong court, right. veteran leadership. I agree yeah. with you. Yep. But that chair has been filled. Remember, they signed Emmanuel Sanders yes, yes, in yes, the yes. offseason. Okay. Another Good team point. I think about that is on the precipice, could use a weapon for their you know, for their quarterback would be the Green Bay Packers. We talk about that a lot. If they ever had someone who opposite Devontae Adams could be that number two with Aaron Rodgers kind of the window closing on that opportunity there for them to be a true championship team and a contender, a strong personality, an MVP at the quarterback position. That could be one. The only other one I would discuss is the Philadelphia Eagles, Joe. The Philadelphia Eagles Ooh. are a also. Good call. Uh, have the kind of organizational yep. stability and structure that you talk about. Have a quarterback that is, you know, kind of has been, it's, it's been known that he's the guy in that franchise, right? They've traded away Nick Foles, Good things call. of that nature. Yep. And we know that Alshon Jeffrey, their number one wideout, you know, they may move on from Alshon. And Good they call. had so many issues and injuries. There's no Aguilar there anymore. That could be a team, although I don't know if I think the Eagles are one of those teams that would take a chance on him. Um, so that still remains to be seen. I'll say it again. I don't think good it's good call dude yep. and if a team like let's say philly for example right, right. you're saying that's a good call you can yep. see the dots absolutely yes if i'm philly though mm -hmm. here's the here's the reason though i called josh gordon ahead of antonio brown joe mm. yeah i'm not now i get where you're coming again it's a all of this is sure it's a far fetch but i i see where you go from that standpoint Phil's a huge need on that team yep. um and you know, with Carson Wentz uh, being there, but with the city of Philadelphia, with, he would, uh, I, I think with Doug Peterson and company, uh, there would be, and certainly there's enough veterans on that team to be right. able to uh, to kind of keep him in, right. in check. So, and again, I think a lot of this will also depend on how desperate AB gets, because I do think this, you know, this has a, a very interesting way of humbling people, does it not, Dane? This reality that you thought you were one thing, and the league couldn't survive without you. A big dose of reality for AB. And again, what do you have to lose to bring him into camp? Nobody's saying you got to, you know, you bring him into camp, it doesn't where you throw his ass out of camp, he burned his yeah. feet or whatever. But I, mean, I could see Philly. Yeah, they, they I can see Philly. Yes. Before, yep. I mean, but I just, again, even right. if you are that needy team, even if you do have that structure in place, right. I would call Josh Gordon's peoples first. I don't I think do. he's going to be out there much. I mean, I would say, obviously, the draft has all these receivers, so we'll see how that lands. But I think Gordon's going to go back to Seattle. I really do. I think, I think him and Russell Wilson are tight. I, it was a, I thought he got a, the raw end of the deal anyway because he's under the old CBA, and it just – I think that would have been – uh, I think that would have been perfect. And had that already happened last year, he's still with New England instead of having that uh, hang over him. So I do think Josh Gordon is, is going to go to Seattle. A.B. is going to be a huge question mark uh, as far as where he goes. And some of the other things, too. I mean, listen, we still have Jadavian Clowney out on the market right now for a team. Say what yep. you want about him, all right? And there's a lot of different things. Is he, you know, is he Michael Strahan at his peak? No, I, I mean, he's good. Trust me, like, he's good. Right. He is a guy that, you're right, can ruin a game. The problem is your best uh, trait is availability, right? Because, and that's been the big problem of him. But the other big problem for him has been $20 million was the price tag that he put out there. I have no doubt Pete Carroll and Seattle want him back there. They all want him in there. Bruce Irving is not the Bruce Irving of five. Bruce Irving is a... He's a nice piece over there, but Bruce Irving is not that uh, end-all, be-all like he used to be. He's lobbying. Get Clowney back in here because it would be fantastic to have somebody on that side. How old? Clowney is still, if I'm not mistaken, he's, he's not even 30. Like, he's still. He's still he just turned 27. He just turned 27. He turned 27. So okay, this, Remember that he just had his first contract. That's he just right. finished his first contract as the number one overall pick. I think there's a uh, – now – 
the highest page, Ed Rusher, and this is a good, uh, this is good too. Um, Zadarius Smith, sixteen and a half wow. million. Is that a pretty good? I mean, is that a pretty good comparison? I think, right? If you were going to look at it. I think so. I think so. Just to touch on Seattle real quick, just like as in New Orleans, I mm -hmm. said that could be a spot for another wide receiver, but they filled that need with Emmanuel Sanders. Yes. No, Seattle, they signed Philip Dorsett a few weeks ago. Yes. Okay. And now you have Dorsett, although does he like ring bells, move the needles? Maybe not as much as Manny Sanders right. or any of these guys we're talking about, but they still have Lockett. Yep. They have DK Metcalf. Yep. And if you bring in Dorsett, I think your wide receiver room is pretty full. Yep, I agree. Okay, yep, so, I agree with you. You know, I'll retract that one because, yep. uh, you know, Dorsett is there filling that kind of deep role potentially. As it relates to Clowney, Joe, mm -hmm. you know, I think with Clowney, there's two things at play, right? Mm -hmm. You mentioned it. Herm Edwards says it all the time. The greatest ability is availability. Yeah. So is he healthy? We don't know. He's missed time. I understand that. If healthy, Joe, yes, he's worth it. Yes, he's a game breaker. Yes, he's a pro bowler. Yes, he is an elite edge rusher yep. and defensive line player in yep. the NFL. Okay, so yes, absolutely. In the same way, Joe, that we had the clause of if he's healthy with a guy like Cam, right? If he's healthy, sure, he's worth it and yep. can damage in this league. I'll say the same thing on Clowney. The key, though, Joe... And now we get back into just like regular free agency right. talk. Mm -hmm. It's like, at what price? Right. At what price? What is the market for him, right? And we heard that again for, every, for a lot of other people. Melvin Gordon, we heard that for in this market, right? Um, Robbie Anderson, we heard that for in this market, okay? Right. You talk about the soybean market, right? So it's the same kind of thing. Same Clowney thing. was out there talking about 20 million. And maybe he doesn't have any takers. North of that, yeah, at exactly. Time, but at yep. that price, yep doesn't have any takers so he's looking himself in the mirror right now and saying okay what about at 17 mil yeah and from what i've heard the seahawks are down mm. at that price you know they didn't want to go to 20 above 20 a year but they were you know also happy with what he was willing to bring him back and so if they're able to compromise and find the landing spot I do truly believe that Jadavion Clowney will wind up back in Seattle just at a price that's palatable for all sides. So to give you guys some perspective here on Clowney, and, and now that he's, obviously he's putting it out there that from 20 million, he's yeah. looking at 16, 17. Right. So we, we gave you an idea of some of the uh, Zadarius Smith, 16 and a half million with uh, Green Bay. Very good. You're not in Khalil Mack range at 23 and a half. You're not Khalil right. Mack. Uh, D Ford, Arik Armistead, uh, Olivier Vernon obviously overpaid. They're at that 17 million point. So I get right. where I get the 17 million dollar number. He's just as good, if not better, than you know D Ford, Olivier, sure. same type of player. But when he is for his last three years at Houston, 16, 17, and 18, guys, he was he was healthiest then. He was an absolute beast. But when he went to and was traded to Seattle, the problems came in where Seattle used him in a million different looks. They right. didn't use him as the traditional guy, stand up, right. you know, it, it used him all over. Then he got hurt, right? So his production was down in Seattle. Um, it was like, everyone's like, oh man, it just, you know, he's, it, he's already fallen off the cliff. But I don't buy it because when he did come back and in the playoffs, in those games yeah. that meant the most, that last game against Philadelphia, you're right, when he, when he started, guys, he was a beast. Like, Dominated he, the game. He dominated the damn game. And to me, that's the clowny at 27 years old. You should pay 16, 17 million. Tennessee is the other team that is also hot on his tail. Seattle and Tennessee. And I think he's a good fit in Tennessee as well. And wouldn't he love having the opportunity to go up against them Houston Texans, uh, you know, a couple of times yeah. a year. I like him there. I think this is a guy where, listen, if you're going to give Armstead the He's worth 16, 17 million if used properly. I don't. Yes. I think Seattle learned a couple of things because if you noticed in that playoff game and, and right at the end there, right, he was in one spot okay. on the field. Right, he was on one spot on the field. So I think they eventually coordinated, and I do think that he is a guy that will come out and earn the money. But of course, the fear is you give that guy the money. We'll see. I mean, for me, it's been availability. Yeah, okay? I'm with you. It's, I'm it's, with if you. If he's on the field, listen, Joe. 
in the NFL, and you know this, we talk about it all the time. Yep. Everything is skewed for the offense, okay? Yep. Everything is skewed for the offense. And we've now learned, right, there's two critical elements of a defense in this day and age yes, in the there NFL. Is. Yep. You need to be able to cover, right? <laughs> That's why cornerbacks are also getting 15, 16, yep. 17 million. And you need to be able to put pressure on the quarterback. Yep. All right. And and there are few pass rushers in this league, Joe, where offensive coordinators, when they're facing them, have to game plan for that guy, right? It's like, how do we handle Von Miller? How do we handle Aaron Donald? How do we handle Khalil Mack? And I'm telling you, when he is healthy on the field, I do believe that John Clowney fits into that category. You need game records on defense. You need guys that can change the course of a drive, a series, get the stack, scoop, and score. And he is one of those guys, and it's so important. Maybe not 20, 23 million, but at 17 million, I do believe he's worth it, Joe. Yep. I believe he's so worth it that our team can God, use God, it. Dude, I knew exactly where you're going there. Yep. Has enough money to still spend. Yep. And I would be okay with, you know, yep. uh, going shopping at kind of the high-end store for a guy like this. I would I would applaud that move. Yep. I, you know, Dan, it was so funny that you went there because I was thinking the same exact thing. Uh, I will say this. John Robinson, the general manager of the Titans, uh, said actually this week that money is not the problem with Clowney. Health is the problem with Clowney. And I think that goes true because I think there's a lot of teams that would love to him. But when you're looking about a player who's played 16 games, He's played a full yeah. season once out of his six years in the league. Health is the bigger problem. I don't think it's money. And I do think a lot of teams don't want to be capped with a dude who can't make it on the field, even though he is exceptional at that position. But you're right. I think the Giants, I think the Jets, I think he could anchor a defense for the next three years. Listen, J.J. Yeah. Watt's a beast. How many games does he play in a year? Right. You know That's- what I mean? So... You know, I don't, Houston to me is just mind-blowing with some of the moves that they have made because the idea that J.J. Watt is going to remain healthy for 16 games is crazy, although I give him credit for coming back after he got uh, absolutely uh, blown up there, blew his, uh, what are you, uh, ripped a bicep or something. It was like, and he's still coming back and playing. Like that for a while now for J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt struggles with availability. But he's going to be somewhere. I think he, too, is another guy after the draft. I think once the draft comes out, because of the defensive players available in this draft, we'll see how the, the chips fall there uh, coming up in a couple of weeks. But we still got a couple of quarterbacks out there, including a guy we haven't talked about uh, very much, Andy Dalton. Uh, and we'll do that coming up here in hour two. Plus, uh, we'll continue our uh, yes-no uh, look at the prop bets for playoff. Uh, We'll look at that AFC North. Uh, We'll talk about Cincinnati. And where does Andy Dalton, where does he land? We'll cover that. We'll do it up next. Hour number two coming your way on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com